0: Wait a minute, front your front doorstep, oh. how the devil are we everybody, oh the spirits are alive, how the devil are we on this Fan Reflection Sunday, <laughs> let me just get the ambiance set as you know the role by now, there we go, we're set up, we're ready to go, we're throwing down, how the devil are you, how have you been, what have you been up to? As the start of this, uh, or the the title of this podcast is called "It's Christmas," so it's Christmas. What does that mean? It's bloody Christmas. Let's not state the obvious, James. Jesus Christ. Um, but yes, it's Christmas. So here I am reflecting. Oh shit! I'm beating the place up, which isn't which which is horrendous. I'm in this little time, just setting up into my little man cave space. Getting that right. I'm getting that right. There we go. So yeah, how the devil are you? How you been? what have you been up to i have been on a roller coaster of um of cold and flu symptoms that has inhe- inevitably got worse i went to london on wednesday for my final day in work last week and um you know i'm not used to the the big city life i'm i'm a country bumpkin at best and so it does stress me out to go but um it was all for a good cause it was um, it was a big regional or, or a sort of part of the regional uh, Christmas dinner. So it was nice to get together, get to push the boundaries of anxiety um, and get myself out there again. Sound like I'm on a fucking dating site, doesn't it? Get myself out there. God, it's been fucking years. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, it, you know it's, uh, it was good. It was good. So, but I, I've come back with a bit of. Um, so I got over a little bit of um, like COVID symptoms and I'd done a COVID test and. Uh, before a couple of weeks ago and it come back positive I was like it is what it is I kind of I did it because it was the last one in the house and I was like fuck it let's go all in and come back I was like "Ooh, delightful (laughs) but I work from home so there's no real point just did it because I love stuffing fucking things up my nose Um, so yeah came back and I sort of got over that and then went to London uh, felt fit as a fiddle felt ready to go and then You know, a couple of beers, really, really good, really absolutely fantastic day. Really good day for the mental health and some stuff I'm going to talk about in this podcast. But yes, I so I come back and then Thursday, naturally exhausted. It was a long day and I'll tell you why when I get get into the the details of the day. Because I want to talk a little bit about this because it kind of puts a little bit of closure on some previous podcasts I've spoken to you about where I've mentioned this real big issue with um and it shouldn't be a big issue but i mentioned this issue with the with my current um my current boss and um you know and it's it's been it's made things a bit fractious it's made a really really difficult environment um and anyway before before i break into that yes so i come back um and uh yeah i just felt a little bit um worse for wear on the friday and then next thing i know woke up saturday morning couldn't fucking see out my right eye thought have I knocked one out in the middle of the night or something and just caught something in my fucking eye? Because <laughs> I couldn't open it. I was like proper trying to open it. And then turns out I've got a like a viral infection. Um, hence the reason why I sound a bit bunged up. A um, bit Barry White like. Um, but yeah, so um, came up, did a little bit of damage to the old eye if you like. It made it all swollen and horrible. And I'm slowly getting over it. So uh, sorry, so that was Friday. So yeah, Saturday, and then it's just yeah, I've managed to just put a cold compress. I was recommended actually by a colleague that the good thing for your eyes are tea bags. And I said it's a female uh, colleague, and I said, well, you know, uh, thanks for the tip. And I said, uh, is that because is that why your eyes look so good because you've been tea bagged. All your life um, <laughs> crossing the line James you're crossing the line uh, no good bit of banter as I call it banter um, yeah so that was it sort of broke into it, and then I had a good like say, oh, I say I want to talk a little bit about the podcast in in the the details of what happened in terms of a bit of closure um, what do I mean by closure well it's really important for for mental health to try and get to some sort of resolution this is what I've been talking to you about for such a long time mental health doesn't go away it, it, you know you've got to try and get to some sort of resolution you've got to try and understand why do you have mental health over a particular situation you know if it's pt and the, what i'm trying to talk about here is if you're listening and, and talking about ptsd you try and understand well what's the cause of your ptsd you know was it a, you know were you an ex-military i mean and always it's kind of a, a go-to for me because i think because i'm ex-serving that I I instantly think PTSD is associated with the military. Um, but it isn't. I mean, I have it and I I have PTSD permanent, but it's not because of an incident um that was caused through serving, it was caused through car crashes. Um so I'm trying to understand that PTSD comes with, anyway. So it comes it comes with everything, but PTSD is one of those things, you know, it's kind of like um it just doesn't go away. So you've got to try and manage it though. So because it doesn't go away, I develop coping mechanisms because mine's around driving. I have to get into a car. And this is what I talk about in my early days of my early podcast. You know, I had to make these adjustments. And you probably would have heard things like coping mechanisms and things like that come into play. And they really do. Um, excuse my snotty nose. <laughs> excuse. I'm sat there going, I need to take a big sniff. But it's like, you know, if I can get told off, you're like, blow your fucking nose. <laughs> like, I know, but I can't. <laughs> I'm an adult and I don't even know how to do that. I don't, can't do it at the moment. Hold on. If in doubt, sip a bit of gin. Sorts fucking everything out. I've I've heard anyway on the grapevine. point. Um, but yeah, so you know, mental health it doesn't go away. And a lot of this, a lot of the things, a lot of the people that I encountered, a lot of the situations that I talk about now, if you're not willing, and I, to, and, I and I talk about this really heavily in terms of accountability and taking actions for your for your own mental health, and a lot of people don't do that. They really don't. They kind of. I don't know, they just kind of go along hoping that everything's going to be okay. But from my experience, it doesn't, it gets worse. Everything gets worse if you don't deal with it. It's the same as if you're in a relationship. Probably the easiest thing to try and associate it with is if you're in a relationship and it's a difficult relationship. Are you going to sit there and endure that relationship? Or are you going to try and get out of that relationship? You're going to try, aren't you? Yes, I know there's circumstances where that isn't easy to do. Um, I understand that you know and I'm not talking about a broad spectrum of just get out it's that easy Um, but you would try but you but you would look at ways to try and address that situation can I get out of it can I go and seek some advice can I seek help can I seek support can I talk to somebody I'm having a real bad situation at home or my relationship who do you go you go and talk to people so why don't you do it with your mental health? Why don't you do it with your PTSD? There's the certain elements of, of mental health that, it, that just won't go away. So what you have to develop is coping mechanisms. And a lot of people, and I think when I say a lot of people, I'm inherently talking about men because we don't develop those coping mechanisms. We don't open up about ourselves. And I actively put myself in the frame to, to, to you know, really try and explain to people that it's okay to talk about when you've not been okay. Um, and what I did actually to try and sort of pull you into a little bit of that is what I had a I did a mental health presentation, and I say presentation it was fifteen minutes long, and uh, I spoke about mental health at, um, at in front of a, a group a group of strangers m- mainly strangers, um, apart from my good friend Kieran was there because we were he was part of the team, and uh, we w- we went and spent in and part of the day to get us into London was to have a team building event, and I think it's really good. We were talking about different elements from our own roles and trying to explain to people how things work so we can all understand because if we all understand each other's roles you give a little bit of sympathy a little bit of support um, and you'll understand more about what other people have to face and endure not just sitting from your own side and that becomes a broad thing about everybody and everything if you try and understand the parameters of what they're going through you can sometimes sympathize sometimes support but what a lot of the times you get is and, and i did this mental health presentation and i started off and i said you know A group full of strangers. There was a couple of young people in there, fast streamers. And I said to them, I said, um, so almost two years ago to the day um, was the last time I I attempted suicide. And then I said, now I'm not here for asking for sympathy. I'm not asking for um, anybody to jump up and hug me or anything like that or go, you know, I'm not asking for the shock factor. What I'm saying to you is, i'm opening up about myself and then i said so now listen i said it's going to sound negative and it sounds negative and impactful but i've got yourself you know in the room and then i went on to lead on to how how that happened why did it happen and it and and ultimately do you know what it led into it led into me talking about um The type of language we use towards other people, the the way we speak to other people, the way we engage with other people and how sometimes your words can have like serious, serious impact on a person. Words hurt. And I've said this for for years. Words are mightier than the sword. I can if I'm stood there with a sword, if you gave me a sword and said fucking kill someone um, or you stand there, stab that person, I wouldn't be able to do it morally i would not be able to do it i wouldn't be i just would be like it's wrong to fucking stab someone do you know what i mean it's 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 morally wrong but if you stood there and said right james use your words articulate and break that person down i could do it and and you can do it with ease you can do it you can and, and that's the problem with it and that's when i say that that's when I understand that words are mightier than a sword because you can say something, whether that could be to your wife, that could be to your husband, partner, friend, daughter, son, whatever you know, wife, husband, dad, mum. You we all have the capability to completely undo relationships with our words. So, why would you not want to try and understand and develop coping mechanisms? Because the fast, the first thing we do. Anybody that has a mental health problem, the first thing they do is go is use words. It's either that or actions and and nine times out of ten. the ones that use actions are the ones that you know well when, when I say actions, you know trigger mechanism is in terms of fighting and things like that and you'll see a lot of um, you'll see a lot of men they'll go out on the weekends and they'll get absolutely fucking bladdered. and the only thing they're interested in is a fight now are they fighting their own demons yeah they've obviously got inner demons they're not willing to uh, to to address and again that spills over into toxic relationships that spills into toxic friendships that spills into abusive relationships because if you're doing that on the streets you're willing to have that kind of frivolous nature to just go and start fights. When really what what it is is that person probably hasn't looked at something that's causing this anger. And it's such an easy thing to do. And it that see I hesitated there. I say it's such an easy thing to do. And it is partially. You'll never get it's not easy to get professional help. I'm still physically so and I talked to you, you know, I, you all know I, was, I went through the, the diagnosis um, privately. But to get the diagnosis for my mental health in terms of outside of PTSD and depression, which I've been diagnosed with, but to actually get something understanding about, you know, even with a report on the ADHD, this it's nigh on impossible. It's been whatever it's been, like eight, nine months, not a thing. It's literally diabolical to get that, that kind of support. And even then, when you get support, nine times out of ten, it's not what you want. It's just someone saying, "Yeah, you i mean, you've got it, buddy. I crack on a fucking life, mate." You know, and I understand that. And it's not about—it's not about having a label on it, so to speak. It's about trying to understand myself, because at the moment, you bumble your way through, making an assumption that this is what's wrong with you. So you can try and develop better coping mechanisms, and that's what I bring myself round to—developing those coping mechanisms and i know and one of the coping mechanisms for me was and to sort of feed back into the wednesday thing one of my coping mechanisms that i developed was not to put myself into situations that i know are going to cause um upset inside me if you like you know and and, and now that's not me sounding like you know you need a moddy coddle me fucking wrap me up in wool or anything like that it's not at all it's actually it's completely the opposite in actual fact i know that i mean and and i don't mean like um what's the easiest thing to say i don't mean you know if you were going to say oh james do you want to go and do this social event and i'd be like nah fuck that mate. i'm not going to push myself out there that's really dangerous it's not dangerous uh yeah i might get a bit of anxiety about going into that which is a bit unusual I, i still i still can't understand why i get anxiety about going out um genuinely because i never ever used to be like that never Uh, Right up until I was about thirty, I was literally fucking always out. If you know, I'd go out on my own for fuck's sake. When I was when I was in my twenties, I I just used to go into town, just like bump into people. But now you fucking put an event in front of me, and I'm like, I'm going to come up with as many fucking excuses as I can, mate, until I fucking physically break my leg on the day, and I'm like, fucking bam, you know, I'm literally. hobbling myself um you know at the end of the bed just fucking strapping them up going hit me with a fucking hammer um so you know so but i don't understand why it comes along but it does but you know it, it it's to sort of feed into in terms of the anxiety i don't, I don't mean like that i don't mean you know put, taking myself out of those situations but what i mean is i'm not going to put myself into an uncomfortable position going to spend some time with somebody that is going to inherently possibly upset me or there's an underlying issue you know and so anyway as you know i i, I well i don't know if i did say it in my, my last podcast but i've obviously updated you and told you that you know it's, it's been a bit fractious um so i was a bit nervous and it was adding an anxiety i really wanted to go to the event because i really wanted to do this mental health thing because i absolutely love talking about mental health and um so i asked if if that person could be uninvited and i didn't mean it in a negative sense i just meant well in fact, I didn't say everyone wanted be uninvited because that does sound Jackassish. What I said to my coll- to, to the person, the organiser, my colleague, I said, look, I can't make it. I said, unfortunately, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it because I know that that day will affect me spending time with somebody that we're not, you know, we we've had, it's had a real negative impact on my mental health. So I'm just going to take myself out of the situation because he's now been, that person's now been invited. So I said, but I don't want him to miss out because of my request, so I'm not asking you to uninvite him, I'm I'm not asking for any of that, I just literally were letting you know that I can't go, because that's me protecting myself, anyway, get a phone call later, and he said, um, he said, James, do you mind him coming to the meal, and I said, no, I didn't mind him coming to the meal, because there's numerous tables, I don't have to sit on this table, uh, and I'll sit, and I'll have a, uh, uh, so it to eat, and then I'll go home, it's not a problem, I just wanted to be there for the day, and do the full event, and do the presentation, because it was close to my heart, and I was enjoying that aspect of it. So anyway, got uninvited, and then that made things a little bit worse, which is inevitable. I get it. it's going to make inevitable because he's thinking, well, I've been uninvited because this person thinks it's because I was said no, I didn't. I explained myself full, full on, full on. Explain myself. Said, you know, this is what happened. Unfortunately, it's resulted in the person um, wanting me to attend the event because I'm actually participating in the event, and uh, and I apologise that that's caused a secondary um, hurt for you. However, due to the fact of the conversations we've had, you know, I need to be professional and just understand that I, I don't want to put myself in that situation. And anyway, so he got on the defensive. That person got on defensive and basically said, completely and utterly avoided the situation, actually. I got an email back saying that, he just tried to give me a role, and anyway, it was complete and utter tosh, if you like, <laughs> in the email. So I sent an email back because we're not talking. Um, which I, I'm, I'm trying. I, I said ring me. I sent him a text and everything didn't, didn't come through. I was like, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not chasing this. This fucking, it just starts getting desperate then, doesn't it? So um, anyway. Let it all behind. Let it. Let it. Let sleeping dogs lie. And um, yeah, we moved on. And basically, that's where we got to. So that's obviously caused a bit more friction, um, unnecessarily. And like I said, you know, it wasn't those things. I was just taking active um, precautions against my own mental health because I didn't want to go there and unenjoy the day. It's that's not, that's not even a word. Unenjoy. I didn't. I didn't want to not enjoy. Fucking hell, James. I didn't want to not enjoy the day. I wanted to go there, and that was part of my coping mechanism. I talk about reflection. That's a coping mechanism. I talk about setting the car up, and, and that's a coping mechanism. I talk about time management, making sure. And, and time management for me is a fucking nightmare, especially with the ADHD. So I have to physically, I go over the top with time management because I, I'm concerned I'm going to lose things or forget things. Um, so, you know, these are, these are constant fucking challenges, but they're coping mechanisms. And that's kind of something we need to develop is a coping mechanism to understand, especially if it's permanent. If it's a non-permanent mental health issue, then, and I say non-permanent as in, you know, it, it, there's no real length of time on mental health. It depends on when you, you know, you're rehabilitated, I suppose. It's been fucking years and years for me, and I'm still not rehabilitated. Even my, The thing is, 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 the weird thing for me is, I think I'm okay. And this is the problem with mental health. I think I'm okay. I'm walking around thinking I'm okay. I Like everything's fucking fine. I'm I'm doing my fucking work. I'm going to job. I, uh, my second job. I'm I'm fucking doing everything I need to do in life. And then I sit down, and some people say to me, like I had a conversation and um, uh, with my missus today. And I and I, I sat down today, and I was like, you know, is everything okay? I said I feel a bit like there's something in the air, and I don't know whether I've caused it, and I've I've completely and utterly forgotten about what I've caused. And she's like, no. Nope you've just i can tell that there's something underlying you've got you're a bit anxious you're you're a bit fractious you're very very quiet and you come in and you have a little bit of a laugh and then you go and she's like i'm kind of used to that this time of year because it's dark i'm kind of used to it because it's when the accidents happen i think subconsciously you still think about that and she said and and i can see that is you're waiting for an argument and he said, and and again it's really come at a really unforeseen fucking time that you've decided to change your job over Christmas. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And and, and it's not been sealed, signed, sealed and delivered. So you just don't know. So, you you know, and you, you can already see, James, that you've left, you're leaving a wake of chaos behind you because of your controlling um, nature. And I went, oh, okay, fuck. <laughs> it's like, I thought I was good. I genuinely thought I was good she said no I can see what you're doing you put coping mechanisms in and I can see you go out for your reflection walks she said but you are really fractious you are really you're quite a sensitive person you are taking, I'm, I'm very needy at the moment she said which is a new one for me she says you want a lot of affection um, and a lot of reassurance and i went, okay so I take these things on board And i think that again do you know the positive of that is and and this is the positive this the positive of understanding and and i always try to put a positive spin which is unlike me because i'm a bit of a realist but i do try to put a positive spin on things because i think it's important i really do and and for me the positive spin on this is the fact that i'm able to talk so she i'm able to get constructive feedback and not take it personally and this is another important phase for when i understand like you know did i take the invent at work too personally and i'm reflecting now as i'm talking to you and i don't think i did i don't i think everything i said was justified um and, and i and i've and i've tried to reconcile that for weeks I've, I've actively fucking led the and i don't and i did nothing wrong but i just don't like i don't like that feeling of not of, of potentially causing an issue or some people being hurt but even though i can be hurt myself so, um, and just plod on and just plod on, so yeah, so it's kind of like, um you know, it's those coping mechanisms are the bit that everyone forgets. So what I've nurtured the is, is the ability to be open and honest. so you know, if I'm not feeling hundred percent, I'll say, I'm not feeling hundred percent, or I'm feeling a bit fucking tired or a bit you know, you know we can talk about that that's that's i laugh a lot at this but business as usual <laughs> it's, it's a big phrase at the moment and that's just business as usual activities and it is talking about those sort of things is business as usual in your household you know tired yeah we're all fucking tired it's the deeper stuff the meaningful stuff in terms of you know i i knew today i needed to sit down and talk i was like i'm not felt much affection from you and that's where it come from and i said you know and she's like oh okay is that because of And I am a very needy person. I do like cuddles. I do like fucking affection. I do like being touched and and, and stuff like that, you know, and and for me, without that, and when I say touch, like hold hands and things like that, you know, I do need that. I do need it as a person um, for that reassurance. I don't know why. It's it's an insecurity of mine, I suppose. And even after fucking 20 odd years, it's still a fucking insecurity. And that's, but that's the same with anyone. I, I get that rejection sensitivity disorder from everybody and and that's what worries me because i don't know if i'm causing a whirlwind and even today talking about things with my wife and i was like oh i didn't think it was that fucking bad you know and so you know you've been you know you've been shutting yourself down for about two or three weeks i can tell since you've since you can't control the outcome because i basically as you know i had a massive outburst i was fucking stressed out through through the hill and and it was an unlike i don't that would me, that me that was me losing control and it's not a place to be, is to lose control. And I try to not lose control now. I try to ch- keep my calm. Um, so for me, yeah, it, it's kind of, I slowed down a little bit and, you know, just kind of took a reset. But what my missus has said to me is, and, and even the family have said this, is, you know, you, you when you reset, you just shut down because you know that you can't reset. So you just go full fucking barriers up and you just go, right, well, what will be, will, will be, you know, which is fine. But the repercussions of that afterwards, if it doesn't go your way, is fucking astronomical. So she said, we're trying to manage that. And that's the communication piece. And that's what I'm trying to nurture now is, the, is that communication piece is saying, well, actually, have I done something wrong? And then when they come back and say to me, no, but, you know, this, this, and this, like, OK, fucking hell. I, I didn't see that because I'm in my own little world. So and that's the problem with being in your own little head is everything can seem fine, and this is all... Hopefully you're all picking this up from mental health, because it does. You think in your world you're fucking fine. Everybody does. Everyone I've spoke to with mental health problems, they think they're fine. And then all of a sudden they're they're, they're not fine, and they're like, fucking, he's not fine. No, actually, he's not been fine for, for a long time. What's actually happened is he's reached his peak, he's burnt out, he's fucking done, and now the reason the office is in... the the chaos and state it's in and chairs are flying everywhere whilst I'm talking to you is because he's broken. He's a fucking broken man. And that's the problem with mental health is you don't, and especially with men, because we don't, because we fucking bottle it up and we don't cry, we don't show our emotions. And because of that, I mean, I, I I, tend to be a little bit more emotional now. I, you know, I, I try to let those feelings come out through crying because I've, I've, and, you know, that's not emasculating myself. That's just basically saying, well, obviously, instead of holding up as tension and sitting in my shoulders and and having my shoulders wrapped around the top of my head like a fucking helmet through stress. And I'm like, fucking yes, you know, ready to fucking fight because, again, I'm a fighter, not a flighter. So that's another thing I've established through learning and, and, and evolving and, and thinking about myself. And, um, and understanding myself and it and, it, and like I said it, it comes in it comes in and like I say swinging back round when I'm talking about my my mental health piece that was all about language and this person you know for me at the time the thing that caused me to get to have and and not cause it's the wrong word the 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 nail in the coffin shall we say the the, the final touch you know the, the the fine the final touch paper it has been lit you know and the reason that happened at the time was because, in actual fact, two years ago, I sent a Christmas – and I told everyone this – I sent a Chris, Christmas message out from me and the team, but i proactively done it, and it was a two-man team, and, and it upset my boss at the time because it he, he should have come from him, even though he'd gone on leave. I think I've spoke about this in a podcast, actually, um, one of the early ones. In fact, I did, Andrew, because I remember talking about it. Um, but, yeah, so that affected me. And the reason it affected me was because it was the, catalyst, it was the final catalyst. You know, I'd, I'd had burnout. I was in a new job. I'd spent a year with two different bosses, not knowing what the fuck I was doing, learning completely new stuff, in at the deep end, really. And that was the final take, that was the final thing. So that's when I talk about how you talk to people, how you interact with people. That email you send, maybe those cut in words, you can cut them out. And I do, I actively do that now. I'm trying to really simplify my my wording because it's just it's just it's unnecessarily time consuming. It doesn't make you look any more intelligent. It's an old school act to the put the more you write, the more intelligent you look. It's not. You just put facts, bosh, bosh, bosh. You know. And I get that. And it's an, and this is a learning about myself. I'm evolving. Doesn't happen overnight. It's really hard to adjust a mindset. Remember what I said to you, This, this, nothing changes. It's, a learned habit is three months. That's a learned habit. You have to do it consistently, consistently for three months to make that happen, to start getting your mindset. Well, you can't just overnight go from having somebody that's really articulate to go in, I want you to be articulate, but in a real simple way, you have to learn how to do that. And then you have to learn and keep adapting and adapting and adapting and evolving, until you get the right format that everybody's happy with, this is. There's no difference with that within life. Excuse me, I'm talking too much. So I know I'm getting a bit windy inside, and um, you know. So it's th- this is all to do with mental health. This is everything to do with mental health. There's no def- There's nothing changes. You just have to adapt it for whatever scenario you want. It's the same as if you go into if you go into a job you first need to learn and understand that job and then you need to upskill yourself on that job to make sure you're fully competent and do that job for, a, for a, a certain period of time. We often say anywhere between six months to a year to start really getting into a job because this expectation you can walk into a job overnight, you can in some of the uh, you know retail and things like that because you know they're not they're not skilled if you like and i don't mean that in a negative sense everybody we need them uh, and, and i've done retail before so i'm not saying it's a negative thing but it's an unskilled job but when you get into the skilled factors we often say six months to twelve six six months to 12 months to, to learn that job then once you learn that job and you're on that job and you're now confident with that job you need to continuously professionally develop you need to continue that learning process. If you don't continue, you'll slip behind and you'll be stuck in your old ways. Well, that's a process. There's no difference to your mental health. that You can put it in, in, in the same context of mental health. You have first have to understand yourself. You have to understand what your mental health problems are. And that's where you get a little bit of support through doctors, psychiatrists and things like that. Once you've learned through that and you've developed that and you've seen the specialist call that your training, call that call that your main training, then what you're going to do is you're going to come back to life. But you have to continuously, professionally develop. You have to continually evolve with life. You have to look at yourself. You have to see, is there anywhere I need to develop? Am I a little bit fucking, like, I know for a fact, for instance, this is how low level you can go with this. I'm a fucking nightmare for calling people. I really don't know why. Again, it, it's something that's developed, but I hate speaking to people on the phone or the thought of being on the phone whereas uh, you know when i get on the phone i have a fucking great time because i'm talking and uh, and if it's with the right company which it normally is because you're in my phone book which means you're my right company so i should i should, that should be a, a win win <laughs> nobody in my phone book should be a problem to talk to but i still have those issues but that's something i want to evolve that's something i want to com- i want to do a better uh, job of next year so my next year, like I, I spoke to you at the start of this year, and I said to you, "All well, give yourself goals, and hopefully you did. I did, and I have hit my goals. I've hit my targets. I really, and I've worked hard. And that was to get promoted. Um, that was an internal thing. I didn't think was achievable, but I've I've managed it. So I, I I gave myself that challenge, gave myself a challenge to complete another couple of milestones, and I'm already looking through my reflection process of where I can develop and that is the it's, it's not it's better myself it's not better myself i told you this before it's developing myself continuous professional development the reason we have that is because you need to continuously understand yourself you're going to change your mindset's going to change you're going to be in a different positions different jobs so maybe your stress level's going to go high because you're in a different job so you need to compensate for that you need to t- reduce stress somewhere else so that it allows your brain and mind to focus on that the situation. It's like when you go into weight training. You don't go into weight training and go, fucking right, I'm going to lift 120K. I probably would. I would. I probably would. Because I'm fucking stupid like that. And i probably try and succeed and then I wouldn't do the gym for the next fucking five years. That's pretty much what I did last time. Anyway, <laughs> digress about my stupid nature. But for me, it's all about going in and making sure that you can build yourself up. So once you build yourself up and you go right, okay, this is no different to mental health. You go in, you understand where your weaknesses are. You work on those weaknesses in, in weight training, and then your strengths. You can you go in and you go right, okay, I'm going to do bench. I'm going to get myself fucking comfortable with bench. Bosh, bosh, bosh. I'm now comfortable. I'm going to reach my peak. What's my BP? And then you go, fucking bosh, okay, my BP's fucking, um, you know, PB, sorry, not BP, PB, personal best, um, is 100. You go, bosh, that's it, fucking bosh. So you sit there, you're comfortable at 100 now. I need a bit of professional development, continuous professional development. Well, what you do then, and to put this into a fitness term for you, I suppose is you would go and work on something else because noting that your chest is not going to work by just doing bench press. If you do flies, you do a bit of back, you strengthen your back. If you do a bit of core work, you'll strengthen your core. If you work on those four little areas through continuous professional development, what you will do is be able to go in and smash that bench press. Not only 100 easy, but you'll hit that 120 and you're like, fucking boom. So Do you know what I mean? And this is all... Nothing you do in life is different, but we all seem to cry and complicate it. It's like I was chatting to somebody the other day, and I was saying um, I was chatting to them about their mental health, and and they just kept on going on and on about the mental health. And I went, "But are you doing anything about it? What do you mean? Well, because I don't mean to sound rude, and I get that mental health's really fucking tough, but this has been going on for quite a long time. I've offered you a bit of support." I've giving you a bit of advice, said you need to go and get a bit of therapy, invest in yourself, etc. All this good stuff, you know, and talk about investing in yourself, talk about accountability. No, I haven't done that. Okay, well, so what? So what is the end goal here? Ultimately, what is the end goal? Is the end goal to continue going through life, uh, you know, pissing and moaning that you're fucking stressed or, you know, the job's a fucking nightmare or my relationship shit or whatever the fucking thing you're moaning about is? Are you going to continue going through life like that, pissing and fucking moaning, or are you going to try and understand the problem, develop the skills to make that problem easier, and then professionally develop yourself to, 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 to continue to make give you the strength and resilience to carry on doing that? And it's no different. And, I, and I'm going to slap this back round. Bosh. I'm going to slap this back round to fucking mental health. No difference. Permanent PTSD, diagnosed with. Well, am I going to sit and piss and moan about it all year round? No. Subconsciously, I do know that this time of year, I go into a negative space. I try to sound as Christmassy as fucking possible. I try to walk around with a fucking Santa hat on and a fucking jolly green fucking willy warmer on. I try to do it. I get told off not to get me tackle out. Um, but at the same time, I try. But there's a cloud of uns- subconscious negativity that's surrounded around this time of year. Because, unfortunately, it's filled with years and years and years of negativity for me. And it is. It's is years and years. But, but at the same time, I acknowledge that I want to not make it years and years and years of negativity. And I've seen over the last three years, this being the third Christmas, so this is the second Christmas really for me since I started working on myself. And last Christmas was better. This Christmas is even better. And I want the next one to be even better. I'm not going to get to the point where I want the end one to be. My result is not to be the best. My result is to be in an enjoyable, happy, comfortable place at Christmas. And not have stress. Just have relaxed environments. And that is getting better. It's getting better with life. It's getting better because I'm addressing it. It's getting better because I'm developing cope mechanisms. Some of those coping mechanisms need fine re- uh, refining and fine-tuning. Don't shut yourself down, James. But sometimes, I can be this bullshit person. A lot of people think I'm this, and I am, I, I suppose I am. I am, I'm, I, it's taken me a long time, to I am quite a sensitive person. I, I do get quite emotional, but my emotion is not, when I say emotional, a lot of people go, oh, you're fucking crying. No, I don't. The problem is, I, my emotion is not crying my emotion is i want to fucking i want to fight i want to hurt people that's my emotion so i don't like being that emotional person and I, and again that sounds really coarse and really negative but it's it's not but because i know that's where i go to i just go to it we've all got underlying demons we all have and i guarantee if you click the right fucking switch those demons will come out the problem is because of me and my mental health state and the adhd side of things that's a little bit unregulated for me <laughs> so i i don't have the same regulations in my brain that everybody else does it's right down to i'll tell you what this is how fucking crazy it is we were playing and this is going to sound a bit cheesy i am 42 year old i'm gonna take a sip of a fucking drink before i say this little bit um so i was jumping on the computer on thursday night and i was playing xbox and i was like said to the lads what we're we playing and they were like oh, fuck it we'll jump on minecraft and I'll be honest with you, it sounds fucking real cheesy, but I love it because it's like building fucking blocks. It's just mind numb. It's not mind numbing. It's just really, really, really relaxing. And it's like a really creative place because you can just build whatever the fuck you want. There's and for somebody with ADHD um, or, or, or autism, um, it's such a good fucking tool. ADHD and autism for playing Minecraft is fucking incredible because you can everything's colorful they make these certain little noises um, when you go on fucking certain stones and things like that and anyway it it's it's it focuses me on nothing it really chills me out really chills me out so anyway we were playing and but note the fact that it chills me out we were going along and um, we got to this fucking place and it was a bit exciting. We were literally like to this this random area and I was like, right, fuck it, we're going to go in and, and we saw this thing called uh, uh, some fucking, um, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's like a portal um, into another fucking dimension-y world. <laughs> this is going to sound so geeky, I love it though. <laughs> But it took us into this other dimension, the the ender world, I think that's what it's called, because I'm trying to fucking pick my head out now. Trying to pull my head out of being mental health into Geeksville. I've got two different personas. Um, Anyway, so we were in this fucking place, and I was like, I'm not even fucking waiting, boys. I lit this fucking portal, this blue lit. I didn't even think about it. went straight in. Fucking smashed my head off the thing. Uh, I went straight into this ender world, just got fucked up, lost all my shit, threw my fucking teddies out the car. I was like, fuck this game, fuck this But that's the risk taker in me. The risk taker in me is just like, fucking head in, get in, son, and ask for forgiveness later. And it's hysterical. I do it in everything in life. People are like, fucking hell, James. Someone will say like, let's go and jump in that fucking river and I'll be like, fuck it. And all you'll hear is like, yeah, that's a fucking help your dicks <laughs> that's fucking me i'm swimming balls deep in a lake i've done it before hey you're fucking in fact i did it wakeboarding once and they, i'd never done it at uh, christmas season and uh, i did a christmas uh, me and my care uh, and my mate we went and did some axe throwing and stuff and i was like before we go mate, i'm gonna go fucking wakeboarding and he's like what really it's like it's like minus five I was like, yeah, yeah, but they're open and, and they were, it was just before Christmas or just after Christmas, I think it was. I think it was like the 28th or something. And um, anyway, so I, I got there and the the wakeboard shops were like, fucking hell, James, we saw you booked in here. We couldn't believe it. And why have you come in at nine o'clock in the morning? I didn't want to start the day. I was like, mate, I'm fucking, I'm all in. I said, you're going to have to break the ice. I broke the ice. I didn't even fuck around. Straight off the fucking, straight off the dock, straight in the water, broke the ice. It was only, we were only talking a couple of milk fucking thick. Broke the ice and then fell in at the end. And then when I fell in, the panic, because I'd fallen into ice, bitter ice, cold water. But they were like, and any of my mate then was like, I I genuinely thought I I was going to come down and try and help you, mate. I thought you were going to panic. But that's just a fucking stupidity. Anyway, I digress, I digress. But, so essentially what I'm trying to say to you is, in a roundabout way, um, mental health, nothing different in life. Everything we do in life is is all around gear if you do it properly in life and i say properly because you know what is properly well you know the proven formed the proven forms if you go in and you understand things and you adapt and you know you develop yourself in certain areas things life does get a little bit easier i will be honest with you um it's like when someone said to me about about four years ago i spoke to somebody it was a a really old friend of mine and um he said james and, and i was at the time i was a little bit sort of it was the end of my career at circo I didn't really know what I wanted and the person, and I spoke to this person and it was uh, unusually I spoke to him actually I hadn't spoke to him for about ten years and um, we were just chatting away and I, and I was explaining my situation he said mate what you're doing is you're chasing money and you're chasing money in places you're not gonna find money he said what you need to do is invest in yourself give yourself the skills find a topic you like invest in that topic invest in learning that topic and building yourself up and everything else will come because you will get experienced knowledge people will want to work with you will want to work for you work alongside you he said the more you do that if you want to chase money you're going to be chasing it forever but if you do it that way around and developing yourself not only do you make life easier for yourself because you're doing it the proper way and it's the same as i go into relationships and i'm talking about relationships i'm very open and i say there's a problem here let's deal with it i go into friendships and like friendships and i say and and sometimes i've said that in friendships i know that um i'm, I'm recently talking to one of my friends again um we haven't spoke for a couple of years and the reason we stopped talking was again the language that he'd used upset me now okay we could t- look at this as the common denominator is i'm the one that's getting upset set about the language but without dragging up history and talking about it the language is there it's not negative language and so it's just about the it's just the way it's delivered and i get it i, I listen but sometimes it does affect me and that's taken two years to rebuild that and it's still not fully built but it's getting there um, and again that's because i want to work on it if i don't want to work in it i won't bother and we wouldn't go any further but the important thing is, like you can't go through life on your own it's not fun there's a, a you know, there's a guy that I speak to on the, and I think I've mentioned this in the podcast as well before, because it's a it's a really pertinent point. And um, I spoke to him. He's in the pub. He goes to me on Wednesday, and I saw him one Wednesday when I first went into this um, working man's club that I go and play snooker on a Wednesday, and. uh i saw him in the fucking toilet of all places which is an unusual place for men to talk at the best of time and he was just washing his hands and i we weren't talking whilst we were pissing we didn't have cock in hand and um we were washing hands afterwards so i just said oh you know how are you mate you you know you look okay but um you know is everything all right just asking how he was he said no mate, i'm really fucking lonely And i went wow he said yeah he said my wife died five years ago i've got hardly any friends because i just didn't invest in my time in friendships and um when she went i've got nothing i literally have nothing and he said i'm a very lonely person i have a microwave meal every single night i come up here for a couple of hours i have two or three pints i go home and he said during the day i sit up i don't i've got to do nothing because he's retired with nobody around him and it really resonated with me really all these pertinent points i talk about people telling me do things the right way educate yourself and the money will come these people that get rich they don't get rich because they're stupid they get rich because they're playing the system or they're, or they're intelligent in their fields. It's like TikTok. Yeah, they, people are successful on TikTok and social media. I get that. But it's a small percentage. It's just chucked in your throat so many times because they are the hit. They're the ones that are on your feed. But you keep seeing this one person. What you don't realize is there's behind that one person that succeeded is 7 million people trying to succeed. And pulling in pounds here pounds there but not real investment and what i often say to myself is these people that try and make money on social media they don't look at their future They're not future-proofing themselves because once social media dies in five years time and i say dies it will never die i don't think it will die but i mean you know there'll be it'll be flooded it'll be inundated will be sick of it because that's what humans do we get fucking bored of things but once it gets to that peak what are they going to do then? They've got no contingency plan. They've not done, and they've lost all of that years, all of those years. And I spoke to my daughters about this the other day. I said, if you want to go down a YouTube route and, and a social media route, that's fucking fine, mate. Do it. But don't come to me in five, ten years' time when you've got nothing. And if you succeed, fucking brilliant. I, you know, give it a, a go. But it's a really, it's, I, the people that I see that try and gain, that get social media fame have normally got, for, to, to where they are through selling their soul. That's what it looks like to me. The OnlyFans people. Yeah, okay, that woman that's on TikTok and with the red hair. Lovely lady. And I, I get that she's got to fame and she's fucking millionaire. She's buying house. She's doing all the right things. But it, she sold her soul for me. I mean, she's fucking sold her fanny for a fucking fiver on fucking OnlyFans. And every man in his fucking dog's seen it. Do you know what I mean? And... If she has kids or they have kids, it, there's no you don't look at the longevity of it. They go, well, I've got millions of pounds. Well, yeah, you have, but you've completely and utterly removed your dignity for that. And you've sold your soul to get that. And I just think that there's better ways of doing things in life. There's better ways of giving back. And uh, I suppose the positive to her spin off would be that at least she's, she's buying affordable housing. She's helping people around her neighborhood. I get That's so good. So So, yeah, so she's using it for the good. I get it, but to get there, sold a fanny for a fiver. Um, rest my case. Um, <laughs> if I had a fanny, I'd probably try and sell it for a fiver. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> I tried to get my feet going, mate, but those fucking hairy boofers down there, I'm not selling them for shit. Um, so but it, anyway, before I digress into feet fetishes, it just goes along the board. It goes around the circles. And I talk about... Um, it's it's important not to label things and i understand that and i think there's a a a little i think we've gone a little bit one way over the other way at the moment it's a little bit off kilter we're labeling everything nowadays but i do think it's important this is my this is my defense in this i do think it's important to understand so the label is something to understand like for me to understand what is wrong with me mentally helps me understand why i do these things why I do certain process why I act the way I act even to the point where when I went out on my Christmas do um, everybody said to me are we going to get this are we going to get the overly excited happy enthusiastic James and I went yeah now you put a label on it, it does make it a little bit difficult because it makes it feel like that's a negative and they were like no but that's the James we like but that's the James that we don't get to see all the time that's why we love spending time with you and it did, and that's what happens. But that's because I like to. That's my. That's my adrenaline rush. That's me getting out there and excitement. It's that's the ADHD. I'm fucking like, yes, let's go do this. Let's do crazy shit and have a fucking great time. And and, and I have to rein myself in. I had to come home early to fucking stop myself from going off because I was. I'd had a, a couple of pints and I was like. Phew. Yeah, mate, I'm in for the fucking long haul here, mate. I'm gonna be fucking drinking till two, and I'll fall asleep wherever I fucking can. <laughs> and this is a 24-hour city, baby. So let's go for it. We didn't. We were sensible. We went home. Um, but it's important. It's important that I think that a lot of people don't want labels. I think because and I, I, you know I find this with the older generation as well at the moment. I find the older generation go like, "Everything's labelled. It's, it's labelled because they're problems. ADHD is a is a." You know, it's a it's a really debilitating mental health condition. PTSD, debilitating. Autism, debilitating. And and there's little there's little spec there's different spectrums of autism, different spectrums of mental health. You know, depression, um, bipolar disorder, manic depression, anxiety, um, anorexia. They're all mental. The thing is, is this is where people say like, what you know, why do we need to label everything? The reason we need to label that is because they all come with their own different things. It's like if, it's like at one stage, I was di- diagnosed with bipolar disorder. They were they were like, we think you've got bipolar disorder, which would have been fucking horrendous for my traveling around the world or anything like that because it puts massive restrictions on you. And you have to notify them as well when you're doing your driving license and everything. Um, but... That's the... the why, did I, why did I want to understand that? Because that's the connotations that... Or everything that comes with bipolar is not just a tablet to control your manic depression episodes up and down. But completely the opposite. It's actually the fact that you get to try and understand and develop coping mechanisms. Because what a lot of people don't do is they'll understand they're stressed, they'll understand their, that they need to do something but they don't develop a coping mechanism or they don't develop some sort of um, mechanism to support them with, the, with that future proof in that. It's like if you're in, you in a and they're probably the easiest way to try and describe this. If you're an addict and every time you were on the fucking streets, you went off and you went and got heroin, every time you went on the streets, well, what would you try and do? You would try and get off the fucking streets and try and get into a house in a safer place away from that toxic environment. You wouldn't stay in that environment and give yourself the temptation right around you. You pull yourself out, try and understand. And again, it's all of that. Everything's a process. I, I quite like processes. I, I think they're quite... <laughs> I'm a bit of a geek. because I think processes allow you to understand how everything works. And for me, the process analogy... i use it a hell of a lot in work process maps and things like that so for me to be able to articulate that into the world speak and try and develop it into my own coping mechanisms and finding a process for when my coping mechanism needs to be implemented or instigated that's a really important part for me um so i'm going to leave it there because I've also just noticed that's been on repeat with four fucking random songs that for the whole time. So you've listened to four of my fucking favorite songs at the moment. Because yeah, I like listening to these songs. Um, um, but also, you know, just to I want to leave a little bit of food for thought. I'm going to do I'm going to do podcasts again because I'm off now. I've finished work. I've completely uh, dissolved. So I'm going to do a little build up to Christmas because um, part of my mental health speak was. Um, you know, not only just be cautious about how you talk to people, how you engage with people, remembering your language as it leaves that tongue. Once you've said those words, that's it, that you've done the damage. You know, it's, it's like, um, say, for instance, um, every time you're, you said a, a negative word to your partner, husband, wife, kids, mum, dad, whatever, colleague, whoever it may be, friend, family, I can go on, the list can go on. Whenever you say that, whenever it leaves the tongue, imagine that is a little dagger now if that goes into somebody shoot and gets them in their fucking shoulder little dagger mark what happens well they're not gonna die you pull that fucking dagger out you go in you repair the area and what's left is a little scar isn't it it's a little scar left so it might look like they're walking around normal and everything's okay but there's a scar they know that's there and every time they wash themselves they brush over this little scar and it's a reminder and that's probably the easiest that 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 for me is how I learnt and understood my mental health was when I wanted to understand myself. And I spoke down to, I spoke to my wife, spoke to my kids, and I said to you know what you know what happens. And when I researched it and all that sort of stuff, that analogy of how mental health can affect people and words we use resonated to the point where it's never left me. Because it's so important that you understand that every time you say something, every time you have an act, every time you make those actions, even if it's the smallest of words. And I can, and and, you know, I, I, I use this in the same analogy with my boss at the moment. Now, his wording was appalling at the time and delivered appallingly. Was it meant in a negative sense? No, we've established that. But what he did do was leave a lasting scar on me because I look down and I see that dagger wound where I was told I was uh, vulnerable. I was told I was not ready. I was told I was um, uh, too reactive. I'm told I would fail in six months. So all of those words that left his mouth on that hour and 15 minute pep talk. Now, visually outside, everyone just sees James walking around what your fucking problem is. The problem is, mate, is I've been repaired because I repaired myself because I've been fucking hurt like that before. So I've got scars from bosses that have treated me like that. And that's not a play the fucking violin situation. We've all endured something, whether that could be family, friend, loved one, someone spoke to you, left a scar. And that did, because the reason it left a scar for me was because it was before, 24 hours before the biggest interview of my life that had no bearing on his life in any capacity did it have a bearing if I was going to leave, apart from that I wasn't going to be there in his job, when well, our a job's a job. But he chose to use that language to degrade me, as I said, and or bring my confidence down to a respectable level, as he put it. <clears throat> but those words left a, a scar inside me. Now, that's the, pro- that's, that's the issue. So outside, it looks like he said to me, I didn't see what the problem was. Yeah, outside you didn't, mate. But inside, I've still got scar tissue. I've still got bandage on me because it's recent, and and that sounds dramatic, but that's the reality of mental health and how certain things can be taken by certain people, especially by trusted ones, especially by loved ones, especially by people that mean something to you. That's even more. Those daggers become razor sharp. We're talking samurai sword shit. That's what they become when you're sad. When you're stood there and you're and I remember the face. Of the things I've said, and like, because it's been fucking scarred in my, it's been, it, it's been, fuck, I'm trying to think of the word fucking embedded on my face. It's the, the face that I've seen of people? I can recall all the pe- times I've made someone go fucking hell, because I've gone words left my mouth. Now they left my mouth, done, dusted. I've vented. I'm good to go, man. I moved on, but the amount of scars I've left behind. And I've spent years trying to build that up. I've spent years trying to undo that problem, and that has meant I have become a little bit not vulnerable, but I'm very respectful. I wouldn't say I'm vulnerable at all. I'm a fucking animal. If I want to be, I can be an absolute asshole. But that's not a James you ever want. And I do that to protect other people. And I don't sound that. In a, I don't say it in a big-headed way. But that I can be a fucking asshole. But I just don't want to be. Life's too shit at the moment, and it's, it, life can be shit anyway. You certainly don't need people upsetting your day by being negative. You want to build friends. You want to nurture your way through. You want to enjoy your life. Going through life on your own, just angry at the world and angry at people and doing angry things, is going to make your fucking journey through this life very, very difficult. And it's short that we're here. 75 years, people. 75 years at best. That's the reality. And I don't mean to sound that to be somber. And, you know, that's that's just the reality. So we need to enjoy it as we go along. We need to look at how we talk to people. We need to try and engage. And there's a little bit actually that's coming up. Um, actually, I'm going to be talking to, so I had a good conversation with a good friend of mine, Bilster. He's going to do a live with me this week. Um, we're going to jump on a live and we're going to talk about a subject actually it's a little bit like this actually uh, which is kind of probably given me a little bit of a subconscious um element to talking about this today and how we talk to people and and different situations but we're gonna we're gonna do a little christmas special together uh, which i think will be fantastic because um it, it well it always is always is a good fantastic time with bilster um so we'll get um we'll get the Mil- bilster on and um yeah we'll have a good chat about mental health we'll have a good chat about christmas so um yeah but it'll be spectacular slightly different because i can't do the same recording format that i'm on now i have to do it on my phone so it won't be as good as quality but do you know what for sound quality we're gonna make it up for content quality (laughs) how do you like that fucking dabber (laughs) anyway enough of my drivel on um be nice to people please just enjoy fucking life and I, you can go and fuck life if you want as well you know if you want to fucking life fuck it you know have a good time um just just look after yourselves just be happy as as happy as you can and 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 i think the big lesson here is is you know make sure that if you've got a problem and you know you've got a problem everybody knows I've, even people i've spoke to and i've and they've gone yeah no i, I struggle with my mental health mate i'm like what are you doing about it oh nothing mate oh okay well it's it's just it's not just gonna go away (laughs) i mean it it isn't and it's almost like i think i the reason i i I laugh a little bit is is we're almost in the same territory now as um as with mental health um Probably a little bit. We're in the infancy stages, actually. I'm not going to say same territory. But we're in the infancy stages of when, um, you know, smoking was amazing. It was fucking everywhere. It was on F1 motorsport. It was on all motorsport, actually. It was everywhere. Embassy, everything. And um, and now we've realized now that, that literally that fucking killed us for years, just smoking, literally smoking cancer. And w- and when we reflect back now and we go, um, you know, what it was full of and what it is full of, gasoline, fuel, Bitch him and all the shit you can imagine like oh fucking now when you see someone smoking you're like well, are you fucking dumb it's the 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 shit's out there's so much shit out there mate you know you should know not to smoke and it's like oh no i want to do is i'm gonna go i'm gonna vape now instead oh so you're gonna fucking smoke something that you don't know what the product is um but it tastes nice okay yeah see you in 10 years cancel me it's like asbestos I know about this, but asbestos, when it first came out, there was a, a Christmas movie. I can't remember which one it was. And they were throwing snow in the air um, around, so everyone was covered in snow. It was fucking asbestos. It literally pure asbestos being launched like fake snow. You fucking... See, do you know what I mean? You, But you learn now. We're like fucking asbestos, bad, don't touch. We put signs up. We do everything we can. I think we're in the infancy, infancy stages. It's like Heroin. <laughs> Everybody's seen enough fucking uh, USA TV's shows to know that crack and heroin is not good for you. Unless you want to dramatically lose weight in your life. That's the only thing that's positive about crack and heroin. So if you see someone smoking crack and heroin, you're like, dude, there's enough shit on TV to say that as bad shit. It's like I know now never to touch fentanyl. <laughs> fucking never. It's a zombie drug, mate. I've seen what it does to people. and Their, their skin melts off not interested mate well now look at mental health we're awareness so we're shouting the fucking we're at the top now we're climbing, still climbing our way up a bit of Everest but we get to the point where we're like fucking talk about it people talk open up coping mechanisms get stuck in reflection learning adapting fucking accountability all of these words we all use them daily just plug them into your own process for your mental health and enough from me anyway um have an amazing uh evening Hope you're ready for Christmas. If not, finish work as soon as you can. Get out there. Enjoy yourself. Don't feel pressured into, you know, getting presents for everybody and all that sort of stuff. We're in a cost-of-living crisis. Sometimes people need to understand that company is just as important as opening a present. And I mean that. I genuinely this year said I don't want anything. I just want to sit down. I don't want to fucking stress about shops. I just want to sit down, drink, eat, and be merry. And just spend time with my family and loved ones. That's all I want to do. I don't really fucking care about opening up a pair of socks that I can go to TK Maxx and buy them in the fucking sale on Monday. I don't. I don't care. I. I just it. It's about spending quality time with family and loved ones and making those memories. Um, and friends as well. So I've got a couple of dudes coming up. I've got a night out in the clock and balls on the twenty second as well. So that's going to be fantastic. Celebrating into the into the Christmas with my good friend. Um. So yeah, that's enough for me. Enjoy yourself, I will speak to you soon, and take care of yourself. Love you all.